Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to another episode of Honest Money. Uh, I think we've got an interesting topic today. It's, it's something that, uh, that's relevant to a lot of us around, uh, around South Africa, but actually around the world, um, and in terms of one of the forms of insurance that we, we need to have. So, so let me introduce our, our guest before I, I blab on too long. Almarie Samuel, a technical marketing specialist at FMI, uh, which is part of the Bidvest Group. Well, welcome. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you for having me. So, so I just want to give our, our our listeners a bit of background. You know, insurance always kind of comes with a little bit of a, a mixed brand. When you when you talk to people about insurance, they always kind of roll their eyes, or or they they tell you about their great experience or their awful experience. So, from the honest money perspective, why do we think insurance is important? I think generally there are probably a few reasons. One, you do need to insure your stuff. You know, if you if you've got a car and you need your car to get you to work every day, one day when we're all out of lockdown again, uh, and you know, then a car is a vital tool for you to generate money. And if you've got bank finance on your car and you crash your car, then you owe the bank money. You have no car and you have no ability to generate income. So you need to insure your stuff. You you, you also need to insure yourself against medical issues. So I, I mean, I think. You know, COVID has taught us that you know having proper medical insurance of one form or another, whether it's a hospital plan or, or, or kind of a complex um, medical aid, is critical. If you can afford it, you need it. Um, and then the last form of insurance is to ensure uh, your ability to to either generate your your own income. In other words, if you're working and you you have uh, financial dependence, uh, what happens to you if you can't generate an income anymore? What, what happens financially? So, I mean, we know medically what would happen to you, but what would happen financially? Or if you pass away and uh, and you, you've got financial dependence, you would need to insure your life. So for me, those are kind of the broad categories of why insurance is relevant. Uh, and, and so today we're going to talk about uh, kind of one of those, uh, if I'm right. And we're going to be talking, Omri, about how to insure your, your income, how to, how to make sure that if you are generating income, you are a breadwinner with financial dependence, what happens when you can't earn that income anymore. Exactly. So I think the, the focus historically when it comes to insurance has been predominantly around taking lump sum benefits that pay in the case of um, you passing away, having a permanent disability or being diagnosed with a critical illness. But I think the reason why I'm here today is really to talk about or to raise awareness around the need for income protection which is a lesser-known uh, form of insurance. So, so let's just talk about uh, about um, the, the what happens. What, what would cause me to no longer um, have an income? So, in other words, I have a car accident, for example, and and I no longer am able to to work. I'm, the, the car accident is so bad, I have a permanent issue. But but what about if I get cancer? Like, what happens if I get an illness? So here's the thing, income protection doesn't have a specific list of events that are covered. It's really any injury or illness that uh, means that you're unable to do your job. So we've been very busy looking at our claim statistics from 2020. And the most common reason why people claimed on income protection is actually COVID-19. 
So that in itself is the leading cause of income protection claims currently. Um, if you then look at the top three, the second one we have is actually mental illness. So there we cover people who are unable to work as a result of depression or burnout. Um, and then the third most common reason is actually cancer. Now, if you look at the top 10 reasons for claiming on income protection, I think those reasons would surprise most people because they're not necessarily permanent disabilities or critical illnesses. Um, a lot of our claims are actually as a result of things like minor procedures, like a hysterectomy or a gallbladder operation or breaking your leg. Um, so these are everyday things that could happen to any of us. So, so I mean, it's so topical at the moment to talk about COVID nineteen. So, if I if I had a severe case of COVID nineteen and I can't work, I can't generate an income anymore. Uh, I might not, um, and and let's say I survive, but but it took me four months of of or five months or whatever it is living in hospital before I could kind of re recuperate. Is that what income replacement would do? That's what absolutely. It would Absolutely, but you don't even have to be hospitalized in order to receive a payment. So if we look at our COVID-19 claims that we've paid, the average claim duration for our claimants with those uh, with COVID-19 is 18 days. So those claims are typically short duration, but you have hit the nail on the head that they are definitely the longer term or so-called long COVID claims. Um, that we've also dealt with and paid over the past 18 months or so. So, so that's, it. I mean, that's fascinating. I, I mean, I've been in the, in the financial planning industry for nearly three decades, and I didn't know that, uh, that you could cover for, for things like that. I knew doctors could get it for, for, um, for not being able to practice, but I didn't realize the, the rest of us could get that kind of cover as well, which is great news, actually. Absolutely. So if I can just raise there, that's that's really been our mission is to ensure that everyday South Africans are able to protect their income. So income protection originally when it was started in South Africa was only available to professionals. And where we came in, we've tried to make it available to more occupations because we believe that every working South African should be able to protect their income because that's how they make an impact in the world is because of that salary that they earn. Okay, so, so we, we, um, I think we're starting to get to the, the understanding. So, so just for, for, for those of us that don't know this, this kind of side of the world well, uh, the difference between uh, when someone's sitting in front of an insurance agent who wants to sell you lump sum disability, which is kind of one of the jargons, uh, and mm -hmm. income protection, uh, what's the difference between those two? The key difference is when you're talking about lump sum disability, that only pays if you are permanently disabled. Uh, the key difference is with income protection, as I mentioned, it covers any injury or illness. That means that you are unable to work. So if I take myself as an example, I've actually had three claims on my FMI income protection policy over the years. And those three claim events were simple events. The first one was pregnancy complications. The second one was on the birth of my son. And the third one was as a result of an infection that I had in my stomach and I ended up in hospital for a week or so. So income protection is really there for those minor events, although we do also see those serious or long-term injuries or illnesses where we will then pay until your selected retirement age, if it means that you can never work again. 
With disability lump sum, it's typically a once-off payment that is made, but that is only if you are permanently disabled and often only if you cannot ever work in your occupation again. Okay. All right. So, so I, I get the I get the, the the difference now. So the one is about I earn, let's say, my normal salary is fifty thousand rand a month, and I want to know that that me or my family or whoever it is are are, are be able to, are going to be able to rely on getting uh, the, that or the bulk of that kind of an amount on a monthly basis if something happens to me. Um, at, whereas um, if I if I said lump sum disability, I'd need to go and do a big calculation to say I'm going to need X millions for the exactly. rest of my life, and someone's going to have to manage that money, or it's going to get spent, etc. Correct. Uh, so I think one of the things I do want to say is that I think that lump sum cover is still important. The way we look at it, income protection is there to provide you with your monthly income. So if you can't work for a short period or even for the rest of your life. And then lump sum disability cover, in our view, is typically there to pay for once-off or additional expenses. So, for example, if you were permanently disabled, you may want to be able to pay off your debt, um, so pay off your house. Or otherwise, you may need some money to pay for those lifestyle expenses, such as if I'm in a wheelchair and I've got stairs in my house, I may want to put in a ramp. Um, so there's definite, definitely, in our view, a different purpose behind the two types of benefits. Income is for your income needs. Lump sum is there for those once-off or additional expenses. So, so one of the things that, uh, that, that always kind of scratches the back of my head when we start talking about this stuff is, how easy is it for me to actually be sure that I'm going to get paid? You know, um, we, we do read stories in the media about, you know, people claiming for disability and then you know, they, they didn't, you know, they're a 45-year-old man, let's say, and they didn't tell the, the insurance company that they broke their toe when they were 12 years old and now they're not getting paid. So, so how, how, how do we make sure if I'm a, if I'm an, a, a client looking for this, that, that I, I'm going to be covered? So the first thing I would say is make sure that you provide us with all the information. If you're in doubt as to whether you need to disclose something, rather tell us about it. Um, the underwriters at the end of the day are there to assess the application as it comes in. And by us understanding your current or uh, your historic health conditions, it helps us to be more transparent about the type of cover that you qualify for. So if you have a pre-existing health condition, you may have an income protection policy that covers you for everything else, but not for that um, condition that you already have. So uh, my advice to anyone out there would be to disclose the necessary information up front because that definitely helps with the positive outcome at claim stage if there's non, uh, no non-disclosure. And, uh, and and then, you know, the, the the honest money listener is kind of savvy and doesn't like to waste money. So so we're going to need some insider tips from you. How do how do we find ways to make sure we're getting the right cover, but that we're not overpaying for it? What are the ways that we can kind of get the best deal possible? Absolutely. So I think that is really, for me, where income benefits come in. So income benefits are still relatively new in the insurance space. Um, as I mentioned right at the beginning, we do see that the industry historically has focused on lump sum cover in the case of death, disability and critical illness. 
Income protection, you'll see if you do some pricing exercises, is often more cost effective compared to the same amount of lump sum cover. So from our perspective, we would encourage um, anybody out there to go and look at the type of cover that you currently have, do some comparative quotes to understand if you were to shift some of your cover from lump sum to income, whether they would actually be a saving in terms of your premium. Also understand that at the same time, you may be increasing your chances of having a claim because income protection doesn't only pay for those permanent events or serious critical illnesses. So from a cost-effective point of view, I would definitely say to people, go to your advisor, speak to them about income protection, because that's definitely a way to manage affordability for a lot of individuals out there. And and um, in terms of uh, kind of being, being careful with the policies, is there a way of saying, look, I can, I can look after myself if I'm not able to earn an income for one day or 10 days, I don't need to be insured for a short period of time, but I need to be insured if I can't earn money after 30 days. Is there a way that you can get a pricing benefit from that? Absolutely. So when it comes to income protection, one of the most important decisions an individual needs to make is selecting the right waiting period. So this is where terminology comes in. So let's break it down quickly. A waiting period is something that we refer to where you are choosing the period where you must be booked off work and unable to do your job before you submit your claim. So I'm basically choosing, um, am I okay to wait for 30 days before somebody, well, the company starts paying my salary? And that's an individual decision. It is going to be based on your specific needs and circumstances. Things like sick leave will come into play here. Things like your savings will come into play. But from our experience, we've seen that the number one reason why claims weren't paid um, in this past 2020 year was actually because clients hadn't selected um, the right waiting period. So what I mean by that is we saw that four out of 10 of our clients who claimed on income protection where it wasn't a successful claim were actually trying to claim within their waiting period. So I use the example of COVID having an average claim duration of 18 days. So what people need to understand is if I choose a 30-day waiting period, I can only claim if I've been booked off from day 31. That is when my payments will start. So in the case of a COVID claim lasting 18 days, there wouldn't be a payout on income protection. Your claim would only start later. So it's very important that people understand that a longer waiting period does mean a cheaper premium. But at the end of the day, it does also impact on the chance of you having a successful claims outcome. Okay, so this sounds to me like a, um, a way where, where people that are doing their planning, financial planning correctly, can get the, the, the cover relatively cost effectively. In other words, if you've got a good emergency fund and you know that you can cover yourself financially for three months worth of expenses, then you could say, well, okay, I'm, I'm happy to, to kind of wait. I'm happy to say that I'll wait 60 days um, uh, before I need to claim uh, and I can fund myself from that. Does that mean I save money? It does, but there's actually such a small difference in terms of the premiums if you look at the different waiting period options. So the pricing difference between a seven, a 14-day or a 30-day waiting period 
isn't massive. But um, as I said, in terms of your chance of having a claim, there we do see a significant uh, difference. So 40% of our claims actually lasted for less than 30 days. So what that means is if you somebody who has chosen a 30-day, four out of 10 of those claimants wouldn't be able to claim on that income protection policy. So it's very much a personal decision and one that we would encourage you to chat to your advisors about. And uh, and then the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of our time on this, but, uh, but uh, is this something that people can buy direct? Is it something that they have to go through an advisor? No, so FMI doesn't currently sell uh, directly to clients. They are welcome to contact their independent financial advisor. And um, we have advisors across the country who can then provide them with the necessary information, quotations. And they're also welcome to look at information on our website at fmi.co.za. Okay, great. So as usual, uh, for, for, for anything to do with financial stuff, do your homework, make sure you understand what's going on. Uh, you know, you know in, in anything to do with financial products, you, you can't uh, claim ignorance after the fact. You need to know that you've done your homework. You need to have got, got some proper quotes. I always think with, with this stuff, um, especially insurances, make sure that you, you do shop around. You know, we spend, all of us, we spend more time shopping around on what car to buy, what phone to get, what TV to buy, what games console, whatever it is, and not enough time uh, doing our homework on our financial products. So, so Omri, my favorite question that I ask all of our guests um, is, if you could meet your, uh, your 21-year-old self now, what would be the one tip that you would want to give yourself at that age? And don't tell me it's by income protection. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, my 21-year-old self, financially, I would say start saving, actually. Um, I think a lot of people actually leave retirement planning until way too late. So the sooner, the better. Don't get into debt put some money away, and of course, put in place income protection. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Can't help yourself. Elmarie uh, Samuel from FMI, thank you so much. That was great. I, I, hope, uh, I hope our listeners understand income protection better. For me, it certainly taught me something that I didn't know. Uh, and, uh, and stay safe out there, everybody. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.